0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Flight Deck Podcast, episode 11, and we are now kicking off our favorite time of the year, draft season. Joining me, as always, are my guys, Mr. Matthew Freeze, Mr. Omari Brown, and and we got a lot to talk about. Starting this week with the quarterbacks and the running backs, but before we get into that, guys will not you say a little bit to the people listening? What's
1: going on? What's going on? Um, yeah, I think we're getting into the the meat and potatoes of the offseason. This is my favorite part of the offseason. Um, a lot of stuff is going on, so we're going to touch on some of that around the league and excited to talk about the the QBs and, and the running backs, two important positions.
2: What's going on, guys? Uh, yeah, like Amari said, big time of the year, my favorite time of the year. Plenty to talk about, QBs and running backs. Uh, obviously one position more important than the other for us uh, as of right now. But yeah, excited to uh, jump on in.
0: Now, before we jump into the, like Amara said, the meat and potatoes, um, speaking of running backs, the Jets signed uh, um, Tevin Coleman from San Francisco 49ers on a team friendly one year deal. I think the guaranteed is like 1.2 million or something like that. Um, and they also signed Vinnie Curry as a a good rotational piece up front which I really wasn't mad at Uh, hell I think Amari you brought him up on on the last episode if I'm not mistaken but uh, you know Tevin Coleman and I ended the last episode with the one guy I did not want them to pick up was Tevin Coleman and two days later they pick up Tevin Coleman what's y'all what's y'all feeling on that?
1: I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, Vinny Curry is a, uh, he'll easily come in and be that better in presence. He's been a part of, you know, he's done, he's been the rotational rusher for a long time now uh, in Philly. So I think it's a good deal. It's a one, it's a one year, $1 million base deal, probably not even fully guaranteed. So that's good. The Jets evolved. This is, when was the last time the Jets picked up two legit actual edge rushers in free agency? Now, Vinnie Curry is probably a third or fourth tier edge rusher, but that's better than the guys that we've been running out there. So you you put him with Lawson. He gets what Vinnie Curry plays what 20, 25 snaps a game, hopefully yeah. gets you one or two pressures a game. That's I'm I'm totally okay with that. And I'm all about getting veterans uh into a familiar system. So Tevin Coleman, he's had success in that in that 49er system and when he was there. So, I mean, people forget, you know, people thought that Tevin Coleman was going to be a lead back after he uh, was a backup those years in, in Atlanta. So, I mean, you, you can't knock deals like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Amar said it all. I don't think there's much to say about much to say about the, uh, the signings. I mean, Tevin Coleman, it, it's clear that as of right now, we're going running back by committee. Uh, I think we got, you know, three guys. I think we brought back uh, Adams or, or uh, I forget which running back we brought back, but Adams, you know, we don't really got that number one, you know, three down back guy. So I think, you know, the Tevin Coleman signing is what it is. It's not much money. I think, uh, you know, like, like Amari said, it's only like a million dollars for, for the year and worst case scenario, you get rid of them. There's really not a lot of guarantee there. And the Vinny Curry signing is nice rotational piece. He's on the older side. You know, I hope that this doesn't deter us from bringing in an edge rusher, uh, you know, this year in, in, you know, the top half of the draft, or I'm sorry, the top couple rounds of the draft, but yeah, I, I don't really got any problem with the signings. They're, they're minimal deals, nothing, you know, crazy. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with what all both of you guys said. thing about Coleman is I wanted him two years ago, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I support him, so it's, it's all good. Now, before we hop into our, our normal, you know, our, our upcoming uh, draft talk with quarterbacks and running backs, uh, we're going to do our... What's becoming my one of my favorite spots is the Around the League segment, Around the NFL. Um, and I'm going to let you uh, start us off, Amari. What you got?
1: All right. So uh, there's a lot going on right now with all the pro days. And and there's realistically, there could possibly be four or five QBs taking in the top 10. So Zach Wilson had his pro day on March, what was that, 26th? yeah march 26th. and it was announced during the uh actual pro day that the Miami Dolphins actually traded back with the San Francisco 49ers so the dolphins are now picking third well after that trade they were picking third my uh San Francisco moved up and i know that matt had the details it was they got they gave up the number Three 12 pick
2: picks and a third rounder to move up two
1: first rounders and a third rounder right
2: Three.
1: Three first round picks in a, in a third rounder. So sure. that kind of just let everyone know that um, probably – oh well, two things, that the Jets are picking Zach Wilson or whoever, I mean, or Trey Lance. I mean, I'm sorry, or Justin Fields. But I think we all know that it's Zach Wilson. Um, and the 49ers, they're, they're in the market for a QB. And another thing is that they're also saying that Jimmy G is not getting traded. So whoever they pick at quarterback for now is probably going to sit and learn behind Jimmy G. And then Miami, they're just wheeling and dealing. They then move up from 12. They move up for. They move up to six from 12. They swap spots with Philly. They give up next year's first. So basically Miami, Chris Greer, and the boys down there, they're basically just wheeling and dealing and just maneuvering up and down the draft board. And I just love to see it. So after all of that, after everything that shook out, um, I think that the, for the Jets, this means that I think Sam is long gone now. I think the Jets are sitting tight at two. Because San Francisco, I think if you offered that to the Jets and you were keeping Sam Darnold, that's probably, you know, the Jets will probably make that deal. So because they're unwilling to go down from two, I doubt that they're they're, they're going anywhere but quarterback. I just don't see it that they're going to stand pat and then draft Penny Sewell. And just mm-hmm. you're just looking at the tea leaves, I just think that Zach Wilson is just going to be this guy. Everybody's in on him now, and I'm not even gonna lie, like it was the pro day was good, man. What did you guys think about the pro day?
2: I thought it was impressive. Um, I mean, obviously I think the biggest thing with Zach Wilson is the level of competition. Everyone seems to get frightened with it. And and I would agree there, you know, there is a importance to that, but uh, you know, I think over the last week or so, I kind of went through, watched some, some game tapes, some all 22 film stuff like that to see what exactly the hype was about. And, you know, I think the pro day kind of solidified what I actually watched on tape where you see a guy who does throw the ball with very good touch, good velocity And I I think one of the most important aspects that that we are seeing from this quote unquote new generation, or if you want to look at Aaron Rodgers as the older example of this is is the importance of arm angles and being able to adjust your throwing angles to make throws. I think Zach Wilson showed that, especially on that, you know, that rollout to the left where he's fading away to the left, throwing all the way across his body to the right. That's impressive. So I I think without a doubt that the Zach Wilson pro day was a, was impressive especially for someone who like me was was kind of on the fence about both fields and wilson i think that kind of solidified what i saw on tape a little more and uh yeah i i i had no no issue with the, with the workout or anything
0: Ah oh, man um i liked his workout you know that that throw that everybody's talking about you know it, it was great um there's some 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 things about him that, that I, I worry about. Uh one is his slight build. Uh you know, they have him listed 6'3, but he was measured at 6'2, so so that's cool. He he's he's lighting the ass, though, in my opinion. And and, you know, that, that could be detrimental, but I mean, hell, Sam got size and he can't play 16 games to save his life. So, you know, it is what it is with that. Um, I I, I do like the zip that he puts I oh, I like his placement um he he's he can be rattled under pressure we we saw that um the the biggest concern to me though is is you know he's had two surgeries mm. on a, you know one being on his throwing shoulder um you know that that's always you know, flag, but I mean, it doesn't look like it is it, bothering him or has bothered him this se- past season. So it is what it is. Um, like Kamara said, you, you read the tea leaves. He's going to be a New York jet. And as bad as I want Justin Fields, I'm fine with Zach Wilson.
2: Just quickly to, to kind of circle back. He actually statistically You know, in his games he played, he was actually the best quarterback in all of college football under pressure. He had the highest QB rating, I think, of 94, if I'm not mistaken, per PFF, I believe. So, I mean, you know, obviously any quarterback with a a big 300-pound guy in front of his face is going to have some issues. But when when I was watching the tape, especially when people were getting, you know, in his face, he was still making the right reads which is impressive to say the least compared to what we have in Darnold nowadays, where it's like, he'll chuck it up into double coverage. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's not always a lot to take from a pro day because they are just running around in shorts and a t-shirt, but you know, I mean, for what it's worth, it was, like I said, I thought it an impressive workout.
1: All right. So I had to like get real with myself and and start looking at Zach Wilson objectively and I have this rule of thumb when it comes to quarterbacks. You look at all the quarterbacks in the league and you look at the schools that they went to, the circumstances that they came from. I, the reason that I love Josh Allen was because of the reasons why I would probably have to love Zach Wilson. I like QBs that don't really go to the flashy schools. I like the guys that were overlooked. I like the guys that don't really have NFL talent around them and they have to elevate those guys' games. Because if you can elevate those guys' game when you put them with professionals – they're they're going to fare well. You look at Josh Allen, he played in Wyoming. There's probably no one on Wyoming that's going to be playing on Sundays. You look at what Deshaun Watson was able to do at Clemson before Clemson started getting all these before Cal- Clemson became a powerhouse because of Deshaun Watson. You look at Lamar Jackson. Not many people played with Lamar Jackson um that are going to be playing on Sundays. You look at Aaron Rodgers at Cal Berkeley. Those guys are probably working on Wall Street now. Like there there's just so what I, what I was starting to hate about Zach Wilson is I felt like he was being force-fed to us. But then I had to go back and look. And I already told you, Matt, like I just don't like the – my beef wasn't really with Wilson. It was with the disrespect that was given to Justin Fields. And Zach Wilson has clean footwork. He has a ridiculous release. He has – I don't know. He just makes so many off – off uh, off platform off throws, yeah, off platform throws. That is just real. It, it's crazy, and you know, and, I, and I'm looking at, it and I'm listening to his, listening to what his coach said. You know, he when he was hurt, he was around, he stayed around the team, but he started watching the game from the uh, press box. So he actually started to see the game differently, and maybe it, it just all came together, man. Patrick Mahomes, it came together towards the end. Oh, yeah. And actually, that's what I wanted to bring up as well, too. Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. we played with so him. I think that, yeah, I think that the way the game has opened up now, the way it's, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you guys are starting to see this, like, everything, it's like they're playing pitch and catch now. That's what, they, that's what the league has really turned to. And to be honest, out of these top five guys that we probably all have the same, probably just in a different order, Wilson is probably the best guy that you want to just go play pitch and catch with. If you want to get into a shootout, this is going to be the guy that, that does it. Now, I know that, you know, people are going to say that the windows aren't – the windows are bigger because of their scheduling who BYU is playing. But I think Chris Sims said this. A tight window is a tight window. It doesn't matter if it's in the SEC or the, or the Big 12. A tight mm-hmm. window is still going to be a tight window. And I like when guys throw with anticipation and they don't just throw to an open area. I think I, I, listen, I, that Dude, that throw, uh, it's on a comeback. I think it's against oh, – man, who is it against? But he basically he's running and he's in the air and he throws it and it's and it's into a spot, it's the it's a back shoulder and it's right on the receiver's hip. I've seen so many throws where this dude is just he's throwing guys open, he's throwing into some tight windows. So if you can get a strong running game behind him and continue to fortify the the O line, I wouldn't be mad with it. But I just think that people, you know, I just think that people just take put too much stock into pro days but if you really dive and you look at Zach Wilson and you look at Justin Fields I'm telling you guys and if you go back and look at Trevor Lawrence we've just been fed that Trevor Lawrence is just the chosen one for this long time you look at Trevor Lawrence man there's some, there's a lot of things that Justin Fields does better and there's a lot of things that Zach Wilson does better throwing those deep outs if you're on the right hash and you're throwing the deep out to the opposite side of the field uh Justin Fields and Zach Wilson get it there better than Trevor Lawrence
2: Mm-hmm. So, I, the, I,
1: I'm, yeah, I, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, the, these other guys and you guys already know how I feel about Trey Lance, but I feel like these other guys, if they go to the right situations, they got better careers than than um, than than Trevor Lawrence.
2: All, all the crap we give, you know, Alabama quarterbacks with, the you know, loaded rosters, so to speak, you know, the talent that they have, we give we give a, them a lot of crap. And rightfully so, because, you know, I, I two is the last Alabama quarterback to get drafted in God knows how long in the first round. I don't know Nameth Namath. Maybe I don't I really don't know. Yeah, it's So, you know, Alabama quarterbacks coming out, we we should kinda And again, I love Trevor Lawrence. I was I was on that boat and I really was. But, you know, when I was looking at it, and I was watching the pro days and I was watching some of the game film. Not for nothing. Clemson has almost equal talent, maybe a little less than Alabama. We got to critique them a little bit. We got to look at who's around him because when you look at it, look at Clemson. They got offensive linemen. They have a, a complete defense. They got great wide receivers. They have become literally wide receiver U right next to Ohio State. First, and first round running back. First round running back. Yep. Offensive linemen. And, and they're just constantly getting better. So the reality is, yes, Trevor Lawrence will be the first pick in the draft. Yes, Trevor Lawrence will probably be a very good quarterback in the NFL. I, I do believe it. I think that he does make a lot of the plays that, you, you know, you like to see the anticipation throws, stuff like that. But his wide receivers were wide open on a lot of games, too. They play FSU. FSU sucks. A lot of bad teams in the ACC. So let's not sit here and pretend. They play Duke. They play Virginia Tech. Yeah. So let's not sit here and pretend like, you know, just because Trevor Lawrence has been force-fed to us, like Amari said, that he's the next greatest thing, you know, in the world. Let's not sit there and pretend like he's absolved of any criticism. Because he's not a perfect prospect either, and all these guys, McShay, all the draft gurus are all saying, "Oh, highest grade since this person, highest grade since Elway or Luck." It's baloney. It's bullshit. Because I'm watching uh, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson do things equal to or better than him with lesser talent. Yeah, and
1: I, and even some of the detractors, like you know, not just just to call out what Tyra said, people are going to say that Zach Wilson is kind of light in the ass. Trevor Lawrence is six six and he's only two twenty. So he's that
2: that's skinny. He's three pounds heavier than Zach Wilson and uh, three inches taller. Exactly. So he, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's like and he a. He also had a sh- uh, surgery on his non throwing arm, too. So, so,
1: I mean, I just, I just think that the field, um, that, you know, no pun intended, that Fields and Wilson, the gap isn't that, that far off. And honestly, if Trey Lance goes to the right, if Trey Lance goes to the right system, he might be the best one out of them all. And honestly, man, I just think that QBs are just so advanced now with the concept and how the NFL has adopted the college game to set these guys up for success. I even think that Matt Jones and and maybe even one of these other guys, and I think that like the dark horse, yeah, I think the dark horse is probably going to be even Kellen Mond. I think Mm -hmm. he might actually end up probably gone. Yeah, I think that, you know, like like imagine if Kellen Mond goes to Washington in the second round, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe in a year or two. He could possibly be the starter, you know, or something like that. So I just think that there's a lot that, um, I don't know, man. Pro days just don't, just don't tell the tell, the, uh, tell the whole story. So Justin Fields also had his pro day, um, uh, March thirtieth, and I thought he looked good as well too. I mean, you know, he's gonna miss some throws too, but people have to stop putting so much stock into these pro days. Like it's good to just show off just athletic ability, but it's a scripted workout that these guys have been doing for the last month. If it looks bad, that means that you're probably not going to be – that you're not even supposed to be at this guy's pro day anyway. I can't remember anybody saying that was a terrible pro day. Mike Mayock used to say that Jamarcus Russell had the best pro day that he's ever seen. So that right there should let you guys know how much stock to put into pro days.
0: Let me ask you this. Do you think that the the pro days are – well, let let me preface this by saying today I had a discussion with someone who he's an Alabama fan I was talking about Mac Jones and some of the things I heard about his pro day and his his reaction was it's a pro day who cares nobody cares about a pro day doesn't matter and I kind of I really disagree with that only because we have seen guys you know make themselves a bunch of money off of the pro day like they had a bad combine, and then you know there's questions and doubts from the combines, and they come back and just have a monster pro day and and bring themselves back up to to whatever. Um, and we saw you know guys lose money because of pro days. Do, do you guys think that it's different for other positions other than quarterbacks, or it's all the same to
2: you?
1: No, uh, I, I, no, no, it's no. not all. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, my bad, man, but I don't think that it's all, it's all the same because a pro day for a corner is different than a pro day for uh, a quarterback, a quarterback. We're just looking at speed. We're looking at how big these guys really are. You kind of, you know, you want to see their presence, how they, how they react with the guys, how many guys show up, things like things like that for a cornerback. If you run a four, six at the combine, because maybe you had a, a sore hamstring or something like that, or maybe you just didn't get enough sleep and you run a four, four, two, at your pro day, now I that forces me to go back and look at tape. Now pro days are good because what if some small school guys didn't get invited to the combine? Now you got this small school nickel cornerback with great feet that runs a four or five, and then you're like, you know what? Now this kind of solidifies what I thought about this guy. He's in a four or five range, but his change of direction is really good, and he competes. So. I mean you can kind of look and it, like it's, it's good for edge rushers too you get to see their short area quickness you get to see their straight line speed and stuff like that but listen I, I know like t- tape trumps all but pro days are only supposed to solidify what you've seen on film so if a guy runs a 4-3 if a, if a corner runs a 4-3 but he's constantly out of position on tape that means that he doesn't really play out of 4-3 and he is he's not really coached well so I think that a pro day should just only solidify, and combine should only solidify what you've seen on tape.
0: Of, of course, I, I, I mean, like like you got you got a guy like DK Metcalf, severely underused at at Ole Miss, but you know his his combine and his 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 pro day, you know pushed him up in my opinion, and we see what what we have now. So you know, I. I agree that it's it's not the end all be all that a lot of people are trying to make it out to be. Um only thing it, it served for us today is like a new round of arguments between, you know, the Wilson guys and, and the Fields guys. But, you know, they, they do hold some semblance of importance and relevance when it comes to these guys getting drafted.
2: I think I think you guys are right. I think it's important, but I think it's far more important for the for the other positions, not named quarterback. Like I'm already said, what's on film on game day is what's on film on game day. So what you see there is, is odds on, you know, what you're going to get. The pro day kind of just solidifies that, you know, can they make, can they make those deep ball throws? Can they kind of drop it into, into the, you know, the receiver's hands or whatever. And everyone can look good with shorts and t-shirts everyone can. The reality is what do you do on game day? I think that we even just today, or uh, I don't think it was today, I, I, maybe yesterday, Miami's pro day, Jalen Phillips made himself a lot of money. Dude, me- first of all, just by measuring him, he, he made money. I think he measured it at like, what, 6'5, 255, something like that. He yeah, made money just that. on measurements alone. Then you look at the tape and you see, oh my God, he's just as good. Like his athletic gifts, you know, as far as size and stuff coincide with the tape. And then to top it all off, he's fast and has really good, you know, uh, three-cone quickness. I think it was like a 4.12 second or something like that. Or maybe not three-cones. I forget which one it was. But nonetheless, I think it's far more important for positions not named quarterback. I think quarterback is is one of the only positions where you got to watch more tape on game day than just watching the pro day. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, quarterbacks can make money, but I can't recall a quarterback that really jumped up quite like, you know, the edge rusher that played, uh, you know, that was running fast or showed good bend or the, the cornerback that ran a fast 40 or the running back that ran a fast 40 or the lineman who did 40 reps on the on the bench. So I I think it's far more important for every other position other than the quarterback, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I have to agree. And I think that this is um, kind of a good segue into uh, what we're going to touch on now so we're going to start with the quarterbacks we're going to start with the uh, quarterbacks and running backs which makes sense because the jets are obviously in the market for a quarterback yet again after we thought that we kind of had this position locked in in 2018 but you know i think we are, how, how do you guys want to do this you want to do um you want to do you want to do our rankings and then we just break down each guy i'm pretty sure we're all gonna have the same rankings so um tk why don't you give us your top five uh quarterbacks and then maybe one honorable mention.
0: Okay, so top five, of course, and-, and Oh, and, five
1: down, five down, five down.
0: Okay, okay. So so number five, I like Trask. All right, you're already different. <laughs> um, and, and that's the beautiful thing about what we're doing, man. Like, we agree on so much, but when we're different, we're we're totally different but we can argue it with facts and and stats to back up whatever we we're saying so um i, I like trash man I, I like i like his size 65 240 or somewhere up in there um you know he's a competitor he he he's dependable um his pocket presence isn't that great um but but you know he 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 has a good arm. I like his arm. And he played in the SEC against, you know, some pretty stiff competition, man. Uh, especially cornerbacks, pure speed. Um he he has great timing, great accuracy, uh, good placement. I like him. That's that's my number five guy. Um number four. Uh I, I guess I'm gonna have to go with with Trey Lance. Um I I think the thing for me why he's not in my top three is because he you know he set out that year. Um and he just you know wasn't in the forefront of, of my mind. He you know, he 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 has all the the intangibles, man. He has great size. Um he can he can spin it. What is he, six four, two two thirty, somewhere up in there? Mm-hmm. Um, he's never lost a game that's 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 always good but I mean it is Indy State so you, you can take it for whatever whatever that's worth uh, but I, I do like him though and I think whoever gets him which I, I think will be um, probably be Atlanta maybe Fields may have worked his way up there if not Atlanta, uh, I'm sorry, San Francisco. If not San Francisco, then it'd be Atlanta. Um, but yeah, he's my number four. My number three is is, is Zach Wilson. We we've already really you know kind of talked about him. We've already talked about Fields, which is my number two. And of course, you got Trevor as the incumbent at one. So that's
1: that's who I got. All right, cool, Matt. You want me to go? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right, cool. So at five, I have Mac Jones. I think that Mac Jones is gonna be Mac Jones is gonna go a lot higher than what people expect. I think that when you draft Mac Jones, you have to know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a smart guy that's probably not gonna lose you the game, but he's probably not gonna win you the game. Uh he was surrounded by talent. I think if you, you think about it, he's gonna have two first round receivers, a first round running back, and a couple of linemen that are probably gonna go somewhere in the mid round. So Mac round, Mac Jones was um had a great supporting cast. At four, I have Trey Lance. And you guys know I've been talking about Trey Lance since last spring, since since early on. I thought that he would be the uh for I thought he would be QB one in the twenty twenty two draft, but Alas, here we are. I think that Trey Lance has the most talent out of everybody on my list, and every quarterback in this class. But I think that Trey Lance should should not start day one. So that's why I think that Trey Lance may go as high as number three. But for some reason, I think that um, San Francisco is really going to surprise us. I don't want to make a Super Bowl prediction, but I really think that I don't know. For some reason, I just feel like Kyle Shanahan likes Matt Jones. That's just I don't know why I feel that. I don't know why I feel that. I could be. Totally wrong, but I think that Trey Lance, that would be the perfect spot for Trey Lance just because he'll get to sit for a year and then Jimmy G, all of his uh, guaranteed money's up in uh, then I think it's the next frame. I think it's March of 2022. That's when all the Jimmy G's guarantee money will be up. I, I struggled a little bit with two and three because after going back and and, you know my whole spiel about you know looking at it more objectively I really have Fields and Wilson tied and I just don't think that Trevor Lawrence is that much better than either of them to be honest so I have both of those guys tied for two because I think that they can both start day one and I think that if they go to teams that uh, highlight their strengths they'll both be middle of the pack quarterbacks this year if Justin Fields goes to Carolina and Joe Brady can get creative with him. I think that Justin Fields is going to be offensive player of the year. Zach Wilson, wow. I, I that's just do you, you put him with some you put him with some explosive receivers. You get him with DJ Moore. You get him with you get him with um, Robbie Rob, uh, Robbie. Yeah, sorry, thanks guys, Robbie. And you get a healthy Christian McCaffrey and Joe Brady scheming people open and just super explosive plays. I really. You know, I mean, what, what do you guys think? Justin Fields is, is is way ahead of Cam as a passer when he came out, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Hell yeah. So. Yeah, and yeah, we also, what Cam was able to do as that real dual threat and that big body that can take, you know, that can take handling, you know, QB design runs 10 to 12 times a game. I think Justin Fields is, is ahead of Cam in that regard, so I can see that. Man, now, Cam,
0: yeah, Cam was such an anomaly, man, with his yeah. – Yeah, with his eyes
1: and everything, and everybody didn't see that. And I think he does a better passer than Cam. So I have those two. um, You know, they're they're tied. They're, you know, 2A and 2B for me. I think that he put Zach Wilson in what we think is going to be Matt LaFleur's system. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry, Mike LaFleur. Uh, you put him in that system I think that uh you do a lot of play action you get him to do all those off platform throws we get him to work on one side of the field and just focus on that I think Zach Wilson could really do do some good things here and then you know Trevor Lawrence I think that he's just everybody's qB one right now and uh, to be honest with all of us it seems like it's probably gonna change too because I feel like the more you look at trevor Lawrence the more you you start to see all right this guy really isn't this perfect prospect so that's how I have it I have a Jones lance um Field slash Wilson, and then Lawrence.
2: Yeah, uh, I think your rankings are, are spot on with one. I mean, Mac Jones, is. It, I, I kind of don't understand where, where that's coming from. I think that if the 49ers really take my three, they're making a mistake because I think Fields – I think when we're saying that the, the gap between Wilson and Fields isn't big, I think the gap between Wilson, Fields, and Mac Jones is, is pretty big. No, I and, think it's huge. It's it's absolutely it's absolutely huge, and the idea that Mac Jones is going to surpass one of those two, right? Because it's the third pick, and we're saying the 49ers really like Shanahan. Uh, I'm sorry, Shanahan really likes Mac Jones. I think the idea that he's going to pass on Wilson or Fields because one of them's going to be there is just is ludicrous to me. It doesn't make sense. Like that. I mean, that, I think we can all agree that that just would. I mean, listen, it could work out. It really could because I think Shanahan is one of those coaches where it's like. He could take anyone and and you know he could turn water into wine, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think I just, we give him the benefit of the doubt too. Yeah, absolutely, and he'll and he'll get that because him him and, and Lynch are on the same you know the same page whatever the word is page yeah same page. So I don't see it with Matt Jones, but he is my QB five. I don't uh, I mean uh, Trask is nice, but I think that 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 last game against Oklahoma kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. With the, the I think he had no touchdowns, three picks, something like that. But he he did light up the regular season, so that's nice. Uh, Mac Jones, I would say, is five. Trey Lance, I mean, what more can be said? The dude is equally athletic freak, I would say, as Justin Fields. Big guy. He's 6'4". He's he's very thick. He's a thick guy. Yeah, he when, when he was working out, I was like, oh, my God, this guy could make any throw any time from any distance. So I think Trey Lance is, is probably my four. Obviously, if we're going to harp on Zach Wilson's uh, you know, scheduling, so to speak, we can also harp on Trey Lance's scheduling being at North Dakota State, but you know, we've already talked about that. Um I think I struggle also with with three and two. I think Justin, I I think I'm on record for saying that I wasn't a big fan of them, but I think I've kind of changed my tone and I walked it back a little bit because I started to look more into the into their their game by game, you know, tape. So I, I think if I really had to, I would probably put Justin Fields at three. I, and again, like, like they both said, like both all three of us have said, the gap isn't that big. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think the gap between Lawrence Wilson and Fields is as big as I initially thought it was. Um, but yeah, I, I would put Fields at three followed by Wilson at two and then everyone's golden child at one. Um, yeah. I, but like, like we've all said, I don't think there's a, a big gap between Wilson and Fields, but I think Jets fans as a whole need to understand or really come to the realization that it, it it's more likely than not. I don't want to say it's a hundred percent definitive because obviously things can change that, that Wilson's going to be the guy. And I think we kind of have to get to the point where we're okay with that, regardless of where we sit on this, you know, Wilson fields debate.
1: Yeah. and And one thing we have to also get used to as well too, if, like, if we, we, we can all like who we like, you know, and it, and it really – and at the end of the day, we, we know that, that we're not the ones making that that decision. But didn't we always say that we want the GM, head coach, offensive coordinator all on the same accord, all supporting the same guy? Yes. So I'm, and I'm going to be honest with y'all. Any of these top four QBs, well, any of the three, Fields, Wilson, or Lance, I'm good with any one of them as long as everyone is on the same page because you know what happens when everyone is on the same page? That means that they support and they do everything in their power to make sure that this guy succeeds because their asses are on the line too. So if you tell me that is Fields, then I'm gonna rock with it. If you tell me that is Wilson, I'm gonna rock with it. If you tell me that is Lance, I hope that we sign Alex Smith or somebody else to be a stopgap. And then in 2022, we can rock with it. I just want everything on the same accord. So now
0: that you know that's that's kind of like uh the thing going on with Philly. Um, Jeffrey Lurie, I read reports when Jeffrey Lurie came out, said they wanted to build, you know, around um Hurts, Jalen Hurts this year in the draft and, and free agency and whatnot. But then Howie Roseman came out, like, you know, that's not that's not the move. You know what I'm saying? Like they're already they're already showing like cracks in the wall or whatever, and they're not on the same page. And you can kind of see it in the moves that was made you know, in free agency. Cause I think, uh, I think they got washed by Miami in that trade, like to, to move, you know, from six to 12 and only get one first and like a fifth. That was just, just horrible, horrible.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the rumor was though, that they did like Wilson and they actually did want to move up for Wilson prior to that San Francisco, uh, trade up, And then I think quickly, I know, I know we, we kind of, when we discussed the trade, we, we were saying how the, you know, the jets obviously don't have the quarterback position set and, and obviously weren't willing to trade back. But the, but also, again, I saw contradicting reports saying that nobody even called the jets. So how do we know they would say no? I mean, obviously I think after that Wilson pro day, I think based on everything that's come out, you know, after I, I don't see how you, how they're not taking a quarterback, but I'm just saying I, I read reports that said no one even tried to call the Jets, which would make me believe San Francisco knows who the Jets are taking. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, the, there's not thick walls in the NFL, unfortunately. Everything gets around. Every GM talks.
1: Exactly. Every GM talks. The, the head coach of the Jets was just a defensive coordinator there. I'm pretty sure he still talks to Kyle Shanahan. There's no reason. The only time you're going to play against the, the 49ers is once every four years and, and in the Super Bowl. So why can't you share certain information? It just doesn't. And, and to be honest, it's it's still, the draft is still, well, it's, it's the 30th now, the draft is still a month away. So there's still time to iron out a whole bunch of deals. There's still time to make a blockbuster deal. But I mean, listen, y'all know how I feel. I think if you don't have, if you have a question at the quarterback position, that means that you have the opportunity or you should be looking to upgrade the position. They just have a question mark at quarterback right now. I think what they need to do is they need to start searching for what teams are going to be interested in Sam. Cause to be honest, I, I'm starting, we're starting to run out of spots for Sam to go to. And I think that his value is starting to go uh, decrease as well too. It's already thing, you know how we say second, I don't know that any team is going to give up. I'm trying to think of what team is going to give up a second round pick for Sam.
2: Almost all teams that would want a quarterback are picking in the top half of the draft. And I don't see any of them surrendering a top 15 in round two. Draft pick, like Denver, for instance, Carolina. If they if they can't make a a swing up to the Bengals for five, like I don't see a team around the league that's gonna trade us a second. And I think I don't think that's really anyone's fault, other than you know I would say the previous regime for the Jets kind of ruining Sam. But like I don't think that's that's on anyone. But unfortunately, Sam is a very quickly depreciating asset right now, and to the point where he's really no longer an asset. It's kind of more of a, and I don't say this because I have any you know dislike for Sam because I I tried to support him as long as possible but you know he's become a, a liability to this team unfortunately because if the Jets trade him away we know what we're doing even though everyone in the world knows what we're doing if they trade him away now everyone knows what we're doing anyway I mean it wouldn't hurt just do it but the longer we wait to trade him the less he's worth Unfortunately, I think uh, I think the realistic option is is Denver, and I think Jets fans got to get comfortable with the idea of only getting back potentially a third. But I remember reading a report that said I, I forgot who the reporter was, but they said they spoke to three GMs and all of them said maybe a third, maybe a conditional third or maybe a fourth. I mean. He's three years in it, and that's that's what we're getting for a top three pick. It's kind of kind of rough to see, rough to hear, because we did have high hopes at one point to trade him for for a back end first.
0: Yeah. Well, I I I think the problem is um I think the problem is his is his option. Like whoever's trading for him right now is pretty much saddling themselves with him for two years. And you know, you're not going to, I don't think you'll get a first or second, you know, for somebody willing to take that risk. Like, I think Pittsburgh would be a, a great, you know, spot for him, but they're already up against the cap as is. Like, do you expect them to to take 25, 27 million or whatever it is on with Sam?
2: Well, I, I think that the only trade I can think of that has happened in recent history, that is even, and again, this quarterback didn't even play so that the team was going on off of like nothing was San Francisco and Garoppolo. I think they gave up a second round pick for a quarterback that really didn't play. They didn't know much about the, the difference really here is, is that Sam has tape and Garoppolo didn't. So, well, you know, split the difference, meet at a third round pick, hope for the best, but that that's all I could think of. And they had to give Garoppolo a new contract right. after that first year.
0: Yeah, but he but he was he was also cheap when they got him, and you know they they could have said no nah, we're we're not for that paying. first year
2: though was he not or am I mistaken wasn't it only that first year he was cheap and then then they had to give him that massive deal
0: but that's that's what I'm saying they really didn't have to if I'm not mistaken like they chose to you know give him that extension yeah. but I mean it you know he would have just if he just really came in and just really stunk up the joint he would have just been a sunk cost at, at a second round pick yeah. You know, we we've seen it happen. Look look at Josh Rosen. He's been traded a million times. I feel you know, bad for that kid. Look, look at
1: Yeah, but Josh Rosen only had one year of bad tape and it was a right. horrible situation. Right. Sam right, but have, I mean, yeah, you know, Sam had this horrible year. But then like the thing that, that makes me upset is that I thought Sam was getting better after the second year. You know, you look at it, he threw 19 touchdowns. I mean he threw 13 picks, but I just thought, you know, that supporting cast was was mediocre and then this year was just it was just bad man it, it just it just sucks that like they the jets mishandled you know what's so funny like i remember like when they drafted him i was like this kid could be good but if any team can mess it up it'll be the jets
2: oh yeah oh yeah absolutely like my so question I, I just yeah my question real quick is let's say and and this is a this is a hypothetical just for the sake of it let's say we had salah back in 18 let's say we had douglas back in 18 right and they're all on the same are they taking sam realistically are they taking sam at three they are because everyone yeah. in that draft thought sam was the best quarterback in the draft yeah. everyone was shocked that baker went first so let, let, i mean we, we can sit here and say oh well three years later you know because hindsight's 2020 20. but the reality is is that if we go back three years sol and douglas are taking sam it's just, it is what I'm it is. Not,
1: I'm not going to lie to you guys. Yeah, I, I thought that too, but I really like Josh Allen. And then I just, I just knew that everybody was talking up Sam, but I really like Josh Allen. And to be honest, I thought Josh Rosen was the best pocket passer out of all of them. I he think just he, went to a was horrible good. situation. I did too. I'm not even going to lie to you. I think Baker was QB three for me. He must've been QB three or four. No, I think I had Rosen fourth. So I had, um, yeah, I had Sam, Josh Allen, Baker, and then Josh Rosen. But I thought, and I only, and I just had it, I had it like that because I didn't think that uh, anybody would give Lamar a chance. But I told Tyrus myself, I said, listen, they should just take a, they should take a lineman, and then they should just uh, trade back into the first and get um, Lamar Jackson, and that's exactly what happened.
2: But you, but. but you also said something important that that going to the right system is is important. It's huge. Right? Oh yeah. yeah I Lamar, think Lamar Jackson goes anywhere else. Or I'm sorry, there's a handful, like there's a handful of places, obviously, you know, if he goes to the Chiefs or, you know, whatever. But I think that we've all seen since 18 that that going to the right place is important. And that's why we're harping on it this year, because we're, you know, we're assuming that we are a right place for one of these quarterbacks, meaning Fields or Wilson, realistically. So... I think if, if Lamar Jackson goes anywhere else, we might be having a, a different conversation here. So I, I think, think this think game could be done with Sam Darnold though. Cause if you, if you had surrounded Sam Darnold with the amount of talent and the offensive line that the Browns had, the Baker benefited from and has progressively improved year after year. I think that, I think Sam very well. And this is why I think a team should take a chance on him. I think Denver would be ideal cause they have a lot of that talent, but, if Sam goes to that situation, we're probably, you know, talking about a different quarterback, unfortunately. And that's the unfortunate reality of it. But as far as the jets in 2020, we got to understand that we are going on the premise that we are the right organization for whoever we pick and both the GM and the coach and everyone else, the draft, the scouts, everyone all got to be on the same page. And they will be, but you know, I I just think that's important to, to, you know, identify that the, the system fit is what's most important here, so let me ask i'm gonna put you on the spot where does
1: Sam get traded to and who and i and to be honest, I don't think a Sam trade happens until a week or two before the draft but what do, what do you guys think because i I might have an idea, but I could probably also be totally wrong too but uh what do you what do you think t k um i
0: honestly think either denver or Pittsburgh.
1: That was my pick. Yeah, Pittsburgh like, was my pick.
0: Like, you got uh, – what's his name? Duck something. Duck Hodges. And, and you got um, – Mason Rudolph. You got Mason Rudolph. Um, I mean, I, I honestly believe Sam can beat both of those dudes out easily.
1: They also have Haskins too.
0: Well <laughs> – That doesn't change anything. You know what? I I think it does. And the reason why I think it does is because Haskins totally embarrassed himself with Washington. And he was completely humbled and just broken all the way down. And I think he will will learn from this. And it also helps that he's with a stable organization from the top down, which he never had with Washington. Hell, they didn't even want him. Neither one of the coaches wanted him. The owner wanted him, but nobody else did, mm-hmm. and and that affects everything on the field. So I forgot about Haskins. So let let me shift that from from Pittsburgh to make Carolina. They could be in play. I think they are. Um, but wherever it is, I see. I don't see him from anything more than a third, and maybe a conditional sixth to a fifth maybe a fifth to the fourth if he really lights it up. But, you know, the days of that first round, late back-end pick, second-round pick, those days are, are completely done.
2: Yeah, I I think you're right as far as where he goes. I think Denver uh, – I know Elway kind of – I think he took a step up or down in the, uh, the hierarchy over there. Um, but I think Elway was – He loved Sam coming out of the draft. I'm fairly certain they tried to trade up in the draft to get Sam. So I think, you know, they have plenty of talent on that team. They have a good left tackle and Garrett Bowles. They have a decent offensive line, a lot of weapons. They got Sutton coming back. They got Judy, you know, they got Noah Fant. So I I think that it would make sense to go to Denver. Um, And if the Jets could somehow get a second round pick, that would be great. Do I think that's possible? No, because Denver holds, you know, a top top half of the second round pick. So I, I doubt that would be feasible. I think third round pick is realistically what we're looking at. Um, I'm not too, you know, familiar with their offensive coordinator or anything like that. So I, I can't really tell you about a, a scheme fit or a system fit over there. I think that, you know, you just kind of hope Sam can mesh with the talent that's already there. I know they got Vic Fangio as their head, co- uh, head coach. So he's more of a defensive guy, anyway. So you got to hope that you have a good offensive coordinator. But I think the I think the other realistic option is one you already said. Also, I think Carolina makes a lot of sense. I think they also got a lot of offensive weapons. I think they got some work to do on that offensive line, but they brought back uh, Moten this year. Um, they got. Alpha. And I think Joe Brady kind of is that guy. <laughs> I think. Oh, it, after- I think he is the next guy. You know, Shanahan was this offensive guru who, who made he can make any quarterback you know look better than they are Nick Mullins look better than he was so I think Joe Brady is kind of that next in line guy so if there's anyone out there that I think makes sense I think it's it would be the Panthers because I think they have the talent around on the roster they're building defense and I think Rule he's not you know a defense offensive guy he's just he's what we're hoping Salah is he's more of a, a CEO guy He's gonna he's gonna look at the personnel, he's gonna put players in the best position to succeed and let his coordinators do the, the coordinating, so to speak. So I, I think I think Carolina makes sense. You know, third round pick and a conditional sixth honestly the longer we wait, the less we get. So
1: I'm gonna say the Washington football team. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. They already have a solid defense. They have a pretty good offensive line. They have skill positions in place. They got they have explosion on the on the corners now. You got Terry McLaurin. You have Curtis Sammy, who we all loved. Uh, Antonio Gibson in the backfield. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick there. So maybe I don't really think you want to do a competition. I think you you let Sam come in. You let him learn. Let him uh, get all that get all the rust off of him. The nastiness. Let him shake the. Uh, bad experience he had here in new york i think that if sam Darnold could turn into more of a game manager than feeling like he has to shoulder the load he's not going to force the ball as much as he is now so i really like the football team as a place and i really like ron rivera for some reason i think ron rivera is just a leader of men and and i just think that he would be a good i feel like they're trying to create a good program over there and that Um,
2: defense is legit he would not be asked to do yeah
1: listen ron rivera can coach defense Cause some of those Carolina
2: coach itself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true too. They, you know, they've invested a lot into that D line, but I I mean, you know, like, listen, rock, uh, Ron Rivera has something to do with that because they had a lot of those players last year. You know, don't, don't just tell me that chase young, you know, elevated that team's overall level. You got Montez sweat. You got a lot of guys in there. You You got Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Payne. Matt Like They got some ballers over there. Um, (laughs) So yeah, and I think that uh, Landon Collins, so they do have they do have a solid team. So I think that that would be a good place for him. I'm gonna be honest with y'all, man. Like I'm not if I'm Denver, I'm really not giving up. I damn sure not giving up what what pick would that be? The thirty eighth pick? I'm not giving up the thirty eighth pick in the draft for Sam Darnold, because I might as well just run it back with Drew Locke. Um Le- and to be real, man, I think that those are the only like legit spots for Sam. You know, Le- maybe what'd you say?
0: No. I- Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I was going to think about Pittsburgh too, but then you named all those guys, and I remember I was like, oh, maybe, maybe they view Dwayne Haskins like that. So it's just going to be tough sledding. So I think that ultimately, um, I think the Jets settle for a third, and then they'll probably do a conditional fourth next year that maybe that'll, that'll turn into something if Sam plays, if Sam starts 12 games or something like that. But the way that it's going to work out is probably not even going to work out because I don't see Sam being a starting quarterback in the league this year. So you can't even do a conditional fifth that if he plays 12 games, that turns into a two or a three or something like that. Cause that's what I was hoping for.
0: Let, let me, let me just say this before, before we move on, I may be in the minority with this, but I don't think he gets traded before the draft. I think because of that fifth year, I, uh, you know, I think because of that option, he's not getting traded to after the jets declined that option on made a third, and then he will be traded for a pick next year. Like teams will feel more comfortable knowing they're not on the hook for that fifth year option.
1: But then you're really getting nothing then. Then you're probably and, getting that.
0: Uh, yeah, but I mean you're 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 probably getting nothing now. Like his his if you look at all these quarterback moves that's been made, like the well is really drying up everywhere. Like we talked about this weeks ago and speculated weeks ago, and everybody we talked about has just no, 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 no. So, you know. He's, he's pretty, he's, he's turning, and I hate to say it, but he's, he's turning into that, that sunk cost that I talked about earlier.
2: The Jets are in a tough place with him because it's like, I think that they they tried to hold their cards too long. I think that we all, they just got to be real with themselves and, and, and ship them out now because the reality is, is everyone already know it's the worst kept secret in the NFL is what the Jets are going to do. It's, it's a matter of when, not what. So yeah. you got to ship them out before the draft, when his, you can get something and let the, let whatever teams get, you know, best case scenario, you get a third round pick still within the top hundred and something picks, you know, between those rounds nine, whatever it is. So the reality is you got to ship them off now because it's only getting worse from here. And it's the worst kept secret in the NFL that we're taking a quarterback. It's just a reality. I agree. So moving on,
0: because, you know, we, we could, wax poetic about the quarterback position and, and speculations and all of that. Um, One of you guys mentioned it earlier. It might've been you, Matt talking about like us being tied down to, to Etienne out of, out of Clemson at running back. Um, So I I think, you know, we can just move right on into, to, to talking running backs. Um, I personally don't see us drafting one, with within the first three rounds. I, I honestly don't think it's necessary. Um, especially with, with this offense that, you know, San Francisco used maybe four or five different running backs last year. And I don't see it being any different than than that this year. So I, I don't see it being necessary to draft a guy that early. I could be wrong, but I just don't see us doing it. W- what y'all think?
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't see it either. I think that we have more pressing needs. I think, you know, if we're going quarterback one, we, we got to take some sort of, you know, an edge to go opposite loss and we need a cornerback. I don't think that running back's high on the priority list. I mean, we we can look across the NFL. There's plenty of teams that that have running backs that are, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth undrafted, you know, players. I mean, we even we look back a couple of years when Saquon Barkley got drafted. There's plenty of players that, that got drafted after and that would have, you know... Been better picks. I mean, it, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I, I think that realistically, this year it just it, it. I think we have more pressing needs. I think the, the interior of the offensive line needs to be built up. Still, I think that we we kind of, and I think I alluded to this on the last episode, is that we see kind of what we did in free agency, and we still see the holes that we have. And I think that it's easy to assess what Joe Douglas is going to do in the draft, sort of like how quarterback and that we're taking the quarterback is a bad secret i think it's a bad secret what our draft strategy is going to be i think it's quarterback edge cb interior offensive line i think that's our first four picks i think in, in no specific order outside of quarterback so i think that running back just isn't feasible and that's not to say that there isn't running backs you can get in the later rounds that are going to be good the trace sermons of the world Demetric, uh Dimitric felton khalil herbert you know chuba hubbard All these guys can probably be be had in the fifth round, fourth, you know, late fourth, fifth round, something like that. So I I don't, I don't see a pressing need for for a running back within those. You know, like I said, we have five picks in the top hundred and some odd picks. There's, There's no reason to take a running back, especially when you have so many glaring holes. And we've already figured out what Joe Douglas plans on doing.
1: Yeah, I just think that you can find running back production from almost anywhere in the draft. Hell, you can get running back production from undrafted free agents. So I think that, you know, when you look at running backs right now, when you're picking, uh, you know, like a team with multiple first-round picks, I can see them going and getting a running back. You Miami's in a really good position. Like, you could see Buffalo. But even that, even Buffalo, they build it the right way. They got two, you know, mid-round running backs, you know, Singletary and Zach Moss. Those are guys that I think like second and third-round picks respectively. So I think that, um, to be honest, I think that – I think I could confidently say maybe I'll i confidently say one running back goes in the first round. I'm not even sure if it's, if it's two, just like last year, we already knew that if one team was going to pick a running back, it was probably going to be Edward T. Lair and it was probably, we didn't want it to be Kansas city because we all knew that he was just going to terrorize the league. Like kind of what he did, if he was able to stay healthy. So, but yeah, I think, um, uh, I, I don't know about y'all, but I like this running back class this year. And I think that there's a lot of depth. Matt Ratteroff, a bunch of names that I love. Another guy that he probably forgot is Ramon J. Stevenson from Oklahoma. Really, I like big backs. Um, I like big backs. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I like I like Jared Patterson from Buffalo. So there's a lot of guys that I like. And you brought up Demetrius Felton, who's being listed as wide receiver, but I think he's just a gadget player. And I think he'll be able to run some – Some um, some plays from running back. So uh, let's get right into it. So I'll start off with my guys. Um, At five, I got Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. Really love his game. Super explosive. Um, Nice guy that you want to have. He has a decent build around. I believe he's around 210, 510 in that area. Love him. My fourth running back is my favorite running back in this class, and, I, and Michael Carter from UNC. I showed you guys about Michael Carter a couple, You know, I think it was like a couple months ago, and then right after that, he and his backfield made Javante Williams started getting a lot of, a lot of. um a lot of publicity, as they very well should. Michael Carter, they shared time. They both had over 1,000 yards. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's just a really tough runner. And he's not the biggest guy. He's 5'9", 205, always lowers his shoulder, always plays with a low pad level. And he's a great guy that Butch Jones said that he basically changed their – like a lot, all these guys this class changed their, um, changed their program for the better. So, you know, me being the Jets and I think that they need a culture change that just that's just music to my ears. I really love that. Uh, My third running back and who's really gaining steam is Javante Williams. I think that he's he's very solid, runs in between the tackles, has a lot of speed on the edge. Uh, I don't have his 40 time, but he's uh, running backs. I think anything under a four, six is going to be fine with me. Then you have Travis Etienne. He's my number two. I think he's like like Matt said, that he's always been tied to the Jets. Me personally, the Jets are not taking a running back in the first round. I think I could confidently say that. I think
2: Joe I, Douglas is smarter than that.
1: Yeah, exactly. That would just be horrible. With Travis Etienne, I think, you know, everybody knows who he is. He was a home run threat for Clemson. Uh, he came in to his pro day a little bit bigger than um, then people uh, actually remember that he still ran a 4-4, so that was good too. He's uh, he's a dual threat. He's going to be able to run tough in between the tackles and he's going to be able to catch some passes out of the backfield. And then, obviously, Najee Harris, Alabama. Uh, well, what was he? I think he was like the Doak Walker player of the year. Came back to school, lit it up over 20, Uh, touchdowns over 20 rushing touchdowns, but I thought that it was good that he came back because he showed that he could actually catch the ball out of the backfield and he caught the ball really well. And I don't know if you guys were able to catch his pro day. Uh, Najee Harris, he has, he's really, he runs some crisp routes. And I didn't know that he has really good hands too. I knew about his hands just from this, from this year, watching him play. So I really like Najee Harris's game. And I think Najee Harris is going to come in and be a, a workhorse for somebody. So somebody in the, um, in the late 20s is going to get a really good player or maybe I could see Miami moving or just standing pat at 18 and taking Nigel Harris just to take the load off of Tua and they're building a solid offensive line there too so I think that Nigel Harris would be good for them so uh yeah
2: Uh, um yeah so I I I agree with most of your list I think Honestly, this is gonna kind of be a little bit of a shock to people. I think Trey, uh, Trey Sermon kind of is, is my back number five. I think honestly, you could put anyone at five. I, I think that we've already established that running backs are kind of a dime a dozen uh, nowadays. So it, it's you could kind of shove anyone anywhere, and and there really wouldn't be a question. It's just a matter of do you draft them in the first round. But I would put Trey Sermon. I think what he did in the play, in the college football playoff was really impressive, and I think he did, and he's doing it against the best teams. Obviously, I know that. Ohio state has, you know, a very good offensive line. They have a couple first rounders, I believe on that offensive line, but you know, not, not really much to say. He he, he is a taller back. He's, he's not terribly, you know, he's not a thick guy. He's, he's only two fifteen, but he is six one. So, I mean, for what it's worth, I didn't, I didn't uh, check his 40 time, but I'm sure it was probably something in the two fives. Um, I really I really have difficulty ranking the, the top four. I think that after you mentioned Michael Carter, I kinda he kinda became one of my crushes in the draft, honestly. I think obviously the size is 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 a little. He's a little, you know, on the smaller side. But you know who he kind of reminds me of, and and it's another North Carolina back. And and I don't know if you you guys would be able to guess who, but I I think Giovanni Bernard is kind of a he's a smaller guy, but he but he was a good little gadget player, caught the ball out the backfield, isn't really going to run through the tackles too much, but that's kind of who he reminds me of. Shockingly, I don't know what it is about North Carolina backs, but uh, you know, I I would put Michael Carter at four, and I think his his running mate Javante. It's probably interchangeable you could probably flip-flop them whichever you want if you like you know depending on the style of runner that you like um and then yeah I, I would say uh, etn is probably my, my back number two I don't think there's much to say about him he is an impressive back he's 510 probably two around 205 but I don't see that first round back sort of like I didn't see the you know I, I think that it's a luxury for a team to take a running back in the first round that's why it's so heavily criticized nowadays and that's why when you're looking around the league and you look at all these people talking about the draft you're just like why take a running back in the first so i, I don't see it as far as you know is it feasible for the jets to take a running back at 23 because it's not but if i had to rank you know etn i would say he is the second back but i wouldn't say he's worth the first round pick and then i think Najee harris is number one for me also he's you know he, he is he's a big boy too he's he's 6'2 230 he is your classic, you know, first down, second down back. He's going to run straight through the tackles. You just got to open the holes. And uh, I'm, I am i didn't clock his 40 time, unfortunately, but I think the talent's there. I think that that top, you know, I'm sure someone will probably take him in that first round. I think someone will take two backs in the first round, but uh, you know, I, I'm just hoping it's not us. So,
0: man, you guys both – I kind of, you know, don't really have any difference as far as like my list from yours. Uh, I do like Game Well at five. I like both running backs from from Carolina um, as well. Uh, guy I went to school with he actually the running back coach that Robert Gillespie played out of played in Florida back in the day. Um, he 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 produces running backs. He was Alvin Kamara's running back coach at Tennessee as well. Um, you know, you got ATN at two and, and and Harris at one. So I don't have any, I really don't have anything to add to that list. So what I will do is give you guys uh a couple of my sleepers. Um and one sleeper that I do have, man, that I, I think, and he he may go fifth round. He may go undrafted. Um but a guy that I, I do like is Stevie Scott out of Indiana 6-2, 230. 30. Um, 10 touchdowns each year for the last three years. Now he, he kind of fell off a little bit last year, but I, I think, I think he will be a, a good find. Like if, if he's undrafted, he's one of the guys I really hope to just look at, even if it's the fifth, sixth round or whatever. Um, He's, he's a physical dude. He can run inside. He can run outside. He can catch. Um, his, his, his biggest flaw to me is he, he runs upright a little too much. But outside of that, I'm telling you, this dude will be, be something to, to deal with at the next level if he gets a shot. Um, the other guy that I, I have, and I think, you know, Matt, you brought him up with Sermon out of uh Ohio State. I think he too will be good at the next level. He kind of disappeared at times. You know, I, I didn't really, really care for that. But um you know Ohio State produces some some solid running backs, man. been doing it. Uh uh what was his name? God, he got in a bunch of trouble. Um he was a freshman of the year. Uh,
1: oh,
0: Claret yeah like you know even years ago like they they produced some very solid running backs man um, I like him he's he's a big dude in my opinion six, what, 6'1", 215, 220 solid you know thickly built dude Um, I like him like he, he gave you know he gave Michigan State and Northwestern that work so and Clemson I believe Um, so I like him, man. I, I, he would be an awesome find. And again, I I don't see us like drafting a guy high, but if they can get, you know, some, some, you know, undrafted guys and I will say the Jets have done a, a nice job of finding undrafted free agents and, you know, turning them into to players. So, Those are my two that I I hope to see, you know, if we can get one of them, I think will be an awesome find and will really help this team moving forward.
2: Yeah, I I think one more guy that I think me and Amari like in like the, you know, the mid rounds, maybe fifth round, sixth round, if he's there, I mean, I I don't even know because running backs are kind of confusing. I still think that they're kind of a luxury pick for a lot of good teams, but that nonsense pick for a lot of bad teams, especially, you know, when you look back at like the Rams taking Gurley, right and then you know paying him a lot of money or you know i don't want to say the giants again but it is what it is um i think chuba hubbard is another guy that kind of you know preseason. you know i think he was a preseason all-american and he, he was really up there and he kind of just just fell off but he, he's all he's listed at what six foot about 210 he, he's he's not a small dude and I, and I actually did think he was a little smaller than he was i think he would be a good you know fifth round guy something like that i think after that fourth round after I, I think after, you know, it's all said and done, I think the Chuba, Chuba Hubbard could be one of the best running backs in the, in this class, but I think he could be had, you know, at that fifth round mark. So, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. Running backs aren't exactly a premium position like they used to be. They are heavily dependent on having a good offensive line, you know, good scheme, you know, good good blocking scheme, you know, everything like that. So I think Chuba Hubbard would be an interesting guy in, in the fifth round. Uh, what do you guys say? I think Chuba,
1: I like Chuba. I liked him a lot more. But, you know, we can't really put too much stock into anything that happened. So a lot of his 2019 tape is going to blow you away. 2020 tape is going to be okay. A guy that I really like, too, who has a lot of low mileage on him, and I like like I said, I like bigger running backs, Jerry Stevenson. I think that if you get him in that downhill, the running back from Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, six foot. 245 pounds, ran a 463. So that's well enough speed for a guy like that. And if you see him, he ran away from guys too. And you look at that zone blocking scheme, um, you know, re- really, you know, picking and choosing and getting getting upfield. I think Remind really fits into that really well. So I think that somebody's going to pick him in the fourth round and be very happy with the production that they get from him. But I don't see the Jets picking uh a running back before the fourth round, honestly. And then even in the fourth round, I could see them going. Wide, you know, quarterback, wide receiver, edge, whatever. How you want to do cornerback? I'm sorry, cornerback edge. Out of those, those will be the uh, first three picks, and then after that, he's going to get interior O line talent. Then he's either going to go with um, uh, a wide receiver or a running back. After, so I think yeah, that's just the way I'm looking. But I really do like the running back class, and I think there's there's going to be, I think the real value in this draft is going to be. After, after those top two guys, because I think that Harris and Etienne are probably going to get drafted higher than they probably should be. And then after that, you're going to see teams start to um, grab up some running backs that, that are going to, they're going to grab running backs that can do one thing really well. So if you're a downhill guy, you're going to find your downhill guy. If they uh, catch the ball and create mismatch of guy, that's what they're going to do. And uh, you know, there's always the diamond in the rough you know, third round. Fourth round guy that always really lights it up, but uh, like I said, you know, Jets are in the market for QB, not really in the market for a running back. But I think that if they, you know, if they do decide to go running back, they're going to find themselves a really good one after the third round.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that, man. Um, I, you know, whatever they do, like Matt said earlier in in, in the pot, it's going to be a running back by committee, anyways. Like I, I don't see them. I don't see us being, you know, our offense being predicated on the, the, the ground game, like, like what 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 um, Rex ran, you know, the ground and pound. And I don't see that with us you know, anymore, even though, and the show last year, they can run their ass off to the left if they so choose to do it. Um, just that Gates just chose not to do it or chose to do it with a 80 year old running back, but that's water under the bridge. So we got uh we 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 made it through this one. Uh we we talked quite a bit about you know the quarterback situation and it, it wasn't a whole lot we could really cover with the running back situation, seeing as we're not really the market for running back, although you know we can use one. Um I'm really looking forward to 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 next week's conversation. Um and I think this is the one where we really we all kind of really love, which is the offensive line. Like there's so much to talk about with with tackles and, and, and guards and tackles who will be guards in, in in the league. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know about you guys.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to the offensive line talk. I think that we'll, we'll we might differ in some places. We might agree in some places, but I think that overall, when you look at the town in this draft, it is so deep you can get a good player at the off at any offensive line position from from rounds four to to seven, the same as you can do from rounds one to three. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
1: I think this is one of the deepest tackle drafts that I've ever seen since I've really started like getting into the draft as far as talent throughout from like one to 20. I think from Rashawn Slater all the way down to Oliver Jackson, who's on some people, he's probably their number 12 to 13 tackle. There's going to be guys all over that are going to be day one starters at either right. T- well, you have you're going to have your friend. Like this, this draft literally has everything. It has franchise left tackles. It has day one starter right tackles, and it has Hall of Fame guards. If they want to move them, kick them inside. So I think that there's there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to diving in next week.
0: Oh yeah, no no doubt, man. Um, it's a lot to, a lot, a lot going on, man. A lot to talk about. Um. Yeah. So. So that's 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 what we had next week, folks. We're uh, really looking forward to doing it. Um, before we get out of here, you guys got anything you want to add?
1: Pro days for quarterbacks are overrated.
2: I agree with that statement.
0: All right. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm of the same same mold myself. But it is good. Good talk. It, it provides great talking points, great argument points, great debate points. You know, it, it's it's got the jet fan base riled up and at each other's throats. So they do serve a purpose. So with all that being said, on behalf of the team, Mr. Matt Freeze, Mr. Omari Brown, and myself, TK, we thank you guys for tuning in, and we look forward to kicking it with you on the next go round on episode twelve. Of the Flight Deck Podcast Y'all have a good one